It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I work as the minister at the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. Now, later in this episode, I'm going to extend an informal invitation for all listeners to come and meet with us. But be that as it may, if you don't hear anything other than a short excerpt from this lesson, let it be known. Come, come, and, come and see us. We are at 406 North Clark, and I'll give you more information at the close of the lesson. Gospel Preaching Live airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. and every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. That's the Lord willing. Now, if you have any questions or comments or maybe a suggestion that you would like to make uh, for a topic that you'd like to hear about, uh, go ahead and call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Keep in mind, I'm in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Now, if you are listening on and watching on Facebook and YouTube, just leave a comment in the comment section. That's probably your easiest way because I monitor those, and I'll try to reach out to you after I check those out. But... Uh, Yes, if you're listening through either the radio show or through a podcast, then go ahead and call or text or email me, and uh, I'll be sure to uh, uh, take these things under advisement as well. Okay, for this evening's lesson, uh, this is kind of an important lesson that I have scheduled for us this evening because this is something that's very important for all of us to attend to. Now. If you are a member of the Church of Christ, um, the Lord's Church, then you understand how important it is to have church leaders. Church leaders are very important, and I'm not just talking about elders. And uh, elders, <laughs> elders, you know, that's that's important. Uh, elders are important, and and when we think about church leaders, that's quite often who we think of. But there's other el- leaders in the church other than just elders. Not that they have any authority as an elder might have, but they they are considered leaders. And for instance, older women teaching the younger women, uh, that, that would be an older woman in that capacity would be a leader. Uh, a song leader, for instance, would be a leader. Uh, someone who uh, assists the church in leading prayer, that is a leader or someone who helps the church by uh, the uh, helping us observe the Lord's Supper. That is a leader as well. In fact, there's many things that can be done before the church in our worship assemblies or even outside of church where someone can take a leadership role. Some people take a leadership role in, in some like mowing the grass or things of that nature. But be that as it may, there's all types of leadership roles that we can take. And I'm not saying that any of these roles, again, uh, supersede the other, except for the head of the elder. But uh, we have to make sure 
the church is developing these leaders as we go along. That's something that's very important. And so I thought we would talk about that this evening, uh, making sure that we can apply some of these truths in our practice at, at the local congregation where we are at so that we can be able to have a future. That's something that's very important. And so that's what we're going to talk about this evening. We're going to talk about developing tomorrow's church leaders. And again, I can't think of anything that's more important or even commanded. Uh, we're going to find out that the church commands us to do so. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, Paul says this to Timothy, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So here we see the importance of being able to bring along other people. So if Timothy is teaching those uh, who had not heard of the things of the Apostle Paul, if he's teaching them, then obviously he's trying to bring them up. He's trying to develop them. And the same would apply to anyone in the church today. We need to make sure that teaching is being done so that people can develop spiritually. And that's something, again, that is a work of the local church. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10, uh, notice what uh, Paul says to the Thessalonians. He says, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And I only bring this passage up to show this is something that Paul was engaged in, this, this prayer. He wanted to be able to be with them, the Thessalonians, because he knew that there was things lacking in their faith, and that needed to be developed. And so that's why he wanted to be with them. And that needs to be a concern of all of us. When we see our brethren lacking something in the faith, then we want to be able to supply that. And likewise with ourselves as well. We want someone to be able to fulfill that thing that is lacking. Now, these passages that we're going through by way of introduction is just a means by which we can see how the church, the early church, was engaged in trying to develop their brethren. In Colossians chapter 4, for instance, in verse 12, he talks about Epaphras. Uh, Paul says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in the all the will of God. Now, notice what Epaphras is praying for. He is praying for the development of his brethren. He wants them to be able to stand mature and to be fully assured in the will of God. Now, this is a good passage to use with the first point of our lesson that we're going to get to when we're talking about having faith in God. And obviously, Papers had that. Uh, he was praying on their behalf. He wanted them to be able to be mature and to be fully assured in the will of God. That's something that was important to him. And again, that should be important to us as well. Now, when we talk about elders, as we'd mentioned earlier, you know, elders have an important job. 
uh, they lead, but they lead by example. And in Titus, Titus 1 and verse 5, uh, Paul says this to Titus, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Now, now, why was it important to have elders in every town? Well, there was churches in these towns, and these elders would oversee the church. But these elders and their oversight, their job is to develop that church. In other words, to take a, a young convert who is immature in the faith and develop them into a strong Christian. And so we can see then that development is so important to the Lord that he appointed elders for this very task, spiritual development. And of course, with that development comes, as we've already seen, uh, leaders, uh, teachers, uh, things of this nature, people who uh, are setting the right example, people that others can look to. This is what's important, and this is why the, that um, uh, the Apostle Paul wanted, uh, or that's why the Lord wanted elders in every church, and that's something that we need to pray for. Uh, we need to have more elders, and that's something that's very important that uh, every church needs. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the lesson. We got some points here that I think if we follow these points, we're going to be okay in developing tomorrow's church leaders. And the first point that we've already alluded to is having faith in God. We must have faith in God. We have to believe in his process. God's the one who's in authority. God is the one who is in power. And if we try to come up with a system that is, does not align with the system that the Lord's already put into place, then that's not displaying faith. Faith is, is not walking by sight. Uh, faith is putting your hopes and cares in what is recorded in the Word of God. And so we go to God's Word, we find out what we need to do to develop tomorrow's church leaders, and we believe in the power of God. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 14, speaking of Jesus, it said he gave. Who gave? Jesus gave. And this is where faith needs to be uh, employed. We need to have faith in Jesus overseeing his church. He gave Jesus the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and, and deceitful schemes. Okay, the, the whole reason I put that in there is that Jesus is the one that gave these things. And so if we want teachers for the church of tomorrow, that's going to come from Jesus. That does not mean that the members of the church don't have a responsibility to meet uh, the requirements that, that Jesus wants 
so that he can give those things. All I'm trying to get across, the whole point I'm trying to get across is that if the church does what Jesus said for it to do, and it prays as he pappers prayed, then if we're following his process, and if we follow his process, then Jesus can give the church what it needs for spiritual leaders. That's something that's so very important to understand. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 22 and 23, Jesus, or the Father, I should say, the Father put all things under his, which is Jesus's feet, and gave Jesus as head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him him, who fills all in all. He fills all in all. Jesus is the head of the church. It is his church. I can't say that hard enough. That is so important for us to understand. The church doesn't belong to me. The church doesn't belong to you. The church belongs to Jesus. And if the church belongs to Jesus, we have to recognize his authority. He's the one who says yea. He's the one who says nay. And so when he says yea, and when he says nay, we say amen. So be it. That's that's the end of it all. And so with Jesus being the head, and he's already devised a scheme by which we can develop spiritual leaders of tomorrow, then we need to recognize his system and follow it. Any other means that we try to add on to, then that could uh, negate what the Lord wants us to do because um, that's that's not going to help. And, and when I say other systems, sometimes we try to farm this, this system out. For instance, We'll say, and this is just one, we'll just say, well, you know, we can uh, uh, encourage our younger people who want to be a preacher. We need to send them off to a college somewhere and let them learn how to preach. No, 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 no. That is the work of the church. We train the preachers. We train them. And so why do we have to farm them off like that? Why do we have to? Why can't we see that it is our responsibility to train preachers? We can do that. We're equipped to do that. There's no reason to have to send people uh, to a college somewhere to learn to be a preacher when we most churches have preachers already there who can train another preacher. And so we need to understand, we need to follow the pattern which Jesus said. We don't see a pattern by which you know we can negate our responsibility by encouraging somebody to go to some college somewhere. Somebody might say, well, what can it hurt? Well, except for the fact that we don't read about it. There's nothing in the Bible about it. Uh, I guess th- that's my concern, is the fact that it is a man-made idea. And if it's a man-made idea, then I don't know what's going to come to it when the church was the one that was designed to have it. I heard a story, and I don't know how true it is, but when a creator of a Christian college uh, was involved in bringing this college along, he made the quote 
that they were going to teach the Bible uh, better than any any church anywhere. Well, that's <laughs> that's not his. That's not the college's role, and colleges are not oversaw by elders, by the way, and so they're not overseeing that work. And so these are the kind of things we have to be mindful of before we start farming our 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 duties out to some other place. Now, something else we need to do is to provide a sound teaching. That is something that's imperative that we have to do. We, we can't have a lukewarm teaching or watered down teaching coming from the church. The church has to be sound in its teaching. They need to be willing to teach on the hard things. Because if they're not teaching on the hard things, there are no easy things. I can promise you as a preacher of God's word that somebody is offended by just about anything in the Bible. You'll find somebody that's offended by it. And that can make it a hard teaching. But we cannot be preaching things that everybody just agrees with or we think everybody agrees with. We can't do that. We have to step on toes. And I'm talking about even stepping on the preacher's toes because there's plenty of times in my preaching I step on my toes as well. Now, Titus, in Titus 2 and verse 1, was uh, told by Paul to speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Now, he's, he's telling him right there what he needs to be preaching. You need to preach sound doctrine. In other words, he's saying truth. Don't be, don't be teaching other stuff. Just teach the truth. Go to the Bible, find out what the Bible is teaching, and teach that. I had an elder one time tell me uh, the church was considering supporting me, and he said, you know, he goes, I don't even care if you just get up in front of the church and read the Bible. Make sure it's right. <laughs> you know, that was, that was the emphasis. And that needs to be the emphasis. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 9, it's, Titus again told to hold fast the faithful word as he'd been taught. Hold fast to it. Why? That he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. Now, what he is talking about there, and this is what Titus was to do, this is what all speakers need to do, but this is specifically addressing the qualification of an elder. And an elder in leading the church has to be able to do this. He has to be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convince those who go astray. And so it's important to be able to do that. But he has to be able to convince them with sound doctrine, not through some man's wisdom or quoting some poem. I've heard some people quote poems before. That's, that's not going to do anything. What's going to be accomplished is when the church preaches sound doctrine. Now, the Bible is described, the teachings in the Bible are described as being the milk of the gospel and the meat of the gospel. Uh, if we go to places like Hebrews chapter 5, for instance, and uh, verse 12 through 14, Paul, the writer said this, for though this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Now, what does he call the basic principles? He goes on to say, you need milk, not solid food. 
Verse 13, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature and those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish both good from evil. And so we can see then that that's the way the Bible describes the elementary parts of the teaching, the sound teaching, and then the meat, the harder things of sound teaching. Now, 1 Peter 2 and verse 2 says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, meaning, again, the, those first principles, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Now, it doesn't say that you're going to grow up into salvation through other, other means. No, it's through sound doctrine. In fact, you start off with the the milk of the gospel. And so it's important in the church's teachings for it to be sound, understand that they're going to have those in their number who need the milk of the gospel, and there's going to be those in their number who, who need the meat of the gospel. And so both of them need to be dispersed. A church needs to be able to do that in order for the church to grow. And that's that's a very important thing. And uh, it takes some skill and to be able to do that and be able to discern it, but it needs to be accomplished in order for people to grow. Let's look at another point. You know, it doesn't matter what you teach if you're a bad example. That's You're going to uh, offend people if you are not the example you're supposed to be. What did Jesus say in his Sermon on the Mount? If we... Uh, if, if, if we are a bad example, then we're, we're good for nothing. We're, we just, you know, the salt has lost its flavor. It's good for nothing but to be thrown out and thrown in the dirt and let man trample on it. Uh, we need to be a good example. That example needs to accompany that sound teaching. There's that woman in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 who was able to convert her husband just by the example that she set. And so that's an important aspect that we need to be able to apply in our developing tomorrow's church leaders. So we need to remember that. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 9, uh, Paul says to the Thessalonians, not because we've not power, talking about himself, the apostles, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. See, we, they, they were showing us how we need to be an example. Because Paul, the apostle Paul, taught by example. And what did he say about that in 1 Corinthians 11.1? 1? He said that we need to follow his example as he follows Jesus Christ. It's important to make sure we are the proper example. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17, Paul goes on to say, nevertheless, where two we've already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing, brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them with so as you have us for an example. Examples. We really need to not be hypocritical. That was the biggest criticism Jesus had of the Pharisees. They were hypocrites. And how many times have we seen members of the church preach one thing and practice something else? Yes, it, it offends people. It can keep people from wanting to follow in their steps because everyone is turned off by a hypocrite. We can't allow 
ourselves to be of that. Now, our final point is that if we're going to develop church tomorrow's church leaders, we need to be willing to encourage one another. We need to encourage others not to give up the fight, to keep fighting that good fight, because it is worth fighting. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, uh, Paul said, encourage one another, build one another up, just as you are doing. Encourage one another. You know, it's a lonely job. It's a hard job being a Christian. And it's very hard for those who are weak in the faith or new in the faith, you might say, who are partaking in the spiritual milk. They're learning things that are very hard, and they're finding out what it means to die in Christ. You know, they're now living after Christ, and they're finding out what it means to live that Christian life and live with persecution and rejection and, and things of that nature. And that, that's difficult. So they need to be encouraged. They need to be built up, and we have to be willing to do that. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and 25, a passage that many of you may have already heard many times, it says, let us consider how to stir up one another. In other words, he says, let's consider how to encourage one another. Okay, let's do that, Paul. How do we do it? He says, let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And then he says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, we need to make sure we go to church. Because when we're at church, we're encouraging one another. If we're not at church, then we're discouraging those who go. Why? Because unless we're sick or there's you know some providential hindrance of some kind, uh, we're telling the congregation that there's something better. There's something better out there. You want to go to a football game instead of going to church? You're telling the church that football game's better than you guys. You want to go to a, a race or, or some kind of party or, or anything of that nature? You want to do that instead of go to church? What are you telling your neighbors? What are you telling those you might have shared the gospel with, and especially those of the church, and what are you telling God? You're saying, Lord, you, you come second. You come second to this. And that is not a good thing, and we need to be very mindful of that. We need to be looking how we can encourage one another. So if we want to develop tomorrow's church leaders, I think if we follow these four points that we briefly touched on, we could talk about a little bit more. But if we talk about these, uh, if we address these four points, I think we'll be okay. We need to have faith in God, in his system. We need to provide a sound teaching, which is only going to come through the Bible. We need to set a good example. And we need to encourage one another, not discourage, but to encourage. If we do these things, then I believe we will be successful in developing tomorrow's church leaders. We will be exhibiting faith in God's system. All right, that's all I have for you this evening. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, as I started off this uh, broadcast this evening by saying I was going to give you more formal in, uh, invitation, this is it. Come and see us Sunday morning, 930 
a.m. for Bible study, 10.30 for worship. Uh, we meet at 406 North Clark, and you can learn all about the church by going to carneychurch.com. If you like this type of teaching on the Internet and you want to hear some maybe on the radio, tune to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Central Time. Now, if you live outside of Kearney and you can't pick it up on your dial, don't worry. Download their app, KPGZ, and you can listen to it. You can stream it on your mobile device. Brian Spirits is an internet show I'm a part of with two other preachers. Every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time, we get together online and we have a show called Brian Spirits where we study a topic from God's Word. Recently, we talked about to such topics as uh, the Christian's attitude toward the war in Israel. and uh, We, we uh, uh, address things like that. Uh, we've talked about social drinking and, and various types of things. And then you can take part in it. You can be a part of it by going to carneychurch.com and pressing on the Berean Spirits app. And you can leave comments in the comment section, which we incorporate in on the show. Uh, if you uh, uh, don't get a chance to watch it live, don't worry. Past episodes are left up on YouTube and Facebook where you can uh, watch those shows. Now, Gospel Preaching Live and Berean Spirits is also published on Spotify as podcast and on uh, uh, Google Podcast as well. All right, that's all I have for you. Hopefully, Lord willing, I'll come to you again this Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Central Time. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.